Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, let's go. It's another episode of The Great Debate Show with your host Jarvis Jeffries, along with Terrence Smith and Nick Ely. And we back and we better than ever, baby, in the building. And uh, we want to come back with you on a Tuesday, late Tuesday. We just want to um, break down week seven, of course, in the NFL. It was another wild and crazy weekend. We also got tip-off action for you between the Lakers and Nuggets, the defending champions, as they got their rings, and they are beautiful. And um, Warriors and Suns, we won't really get to talk about who won that game and why. It'll be too damn late. However, we've got plenty to start off with. Let's start off with the Monday Night Football game. I know everybody's ready to get into it. Everybody's ready for me to get into it. (laughs) The San Francisco 49ers, my Niners, lost back-to-back games. This now, two straight losses after starting 5-0 undefeated. They lose to Minnesota on Monday Night Football to Kurt Cousins. If Kurt Cousins was out of the family or if he was like had been bumped down a third cousin or second cousin he is back to everybody's favorite and first cousin hell he damn near may be first cousin but he's called brother you know like what up what up blood what up brother what up like man he's first cousins again he ripped my defense apart that's my 49er defense and i've got questions and I, that I want to ask you guys about the Niners defense and what you all saw. I know everybody has everything going on, and we can't catch every game. But this was Monday night. It was in prime time, and I'm sure most of everyone saw it. And I know that there was a lot of people happy to see what they witnessed on Monday night as the Niners lost yet again. Purdy got down to field goal range last week in Cleveland. So at least you can say, yeah, he was kind of bad, but he made the throws that he needed to make when need be. He put them in a winning position. Moody missed the field goal. This week, he didn't put them in the position to do so. He threw two interceptions, two costly interceptions in the fourth quarter. And uh, some of those some of those crazy throws are those, huh? What were you thinking throws? You started to see it. Those passes that I told you so much often gets dropped by the defense. They're not dropping them so much anymore. Guys, the Niners have lost. I've got a few bones to pick. Yes, Debo was out. Yes, Trent Williams was out. I'll speak my piece in a minute, but I want to ask you guys. um, Have we... I shouldn't even say we because I just I just bowed down and gave in after the Cowboy defeat, after we beat the Cowboys big time. I went on and said, hey, man, that's our quarterback. I'm convinced. As soon as I said it, we ain't won a game since. I want to ask you guys, is Brock Purdy the guy that you thought he was? Or is he really that system quarterback that everybody's been saying all along? Before I answer, do you want me to tell you how I know Jarvis is real upset about this? He didn't even start the show asking us how we was doing. He just went in and talked about the 49ers. He did not care how we felt at all. He was ready to roll. He was not happy today. Man, my my honestly, my apologies, man. How y'all guys yeah, doing today, man? Right, he let me know. I'm saying this is how I feel. This this is the book. 
out of four seasons of the Great Debate Show, like how many episodes are we into now? Like probably two, three hundred episodes. He is literally asked that every single time, except this one. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. That is correct. I have. That's uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess I just wanted to try to immediately get into it. Hear you part. Back. I'm not upset. I'm mean, disappointed. <laughs> am I? Am I a little disappointed? Yes, I am. But I am. I'm going to explain why I'm glad that this has happened to the 49ers. We need to. This is very big with it happening right before the trade deadline. We're getting close to it. We're going to ask questions in a minute about who is going to take that next leap. Who is going to put. And who's going to throw their last joker? Whoever was holding that joker, the big joker, little joker, that last ace of spades, who is going to put in their last few hands and try to deal them one of the best players that they can get to make their team better for the playoff push, for the Super Bowl run? The Niners may be one of them now, especially after losing two straight. I said we were top heavy. I've said that. And I just wanted to start it off just by getting right into it that, hey, man, um, there's a few things that went on on Monday Night Football that I have said, look out, look out. Remember when I would always talk about how Trey Lance didn't get to practice with Christian McCaffrey or Trent Williams or Debo Samuel, and everybody was just raving about how, well, Purdy looks so good, though, when he practices. I'm like, but he always practices with Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey. How could you really have saw what Trey was going to be? And I'm not saying that Trey was a mistake. He should still be a Niner. That would be more confusion. And that would be more distractions right now. And we don't need that. I'm past that. What I'm saying is that there was nothing wrong with him being a third quarterback on your roster. It wasn't hurting at all. And two, when you take away Debo and Trent Williams, you know, just like Trey Lance didn't have, training camp and preseason. Brock Purdy's not looking too good his damn self either, is he? I have been saying that all along. Now, I'm not trying to go back and say that, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Purdy isn't our guy. I'm not going to overreact. It's two games. But the problem is, the good thing is it's just two games. And it's the regular season. The bad part is, it's two straight games. So again, back to you guys. <laughs> Nick, I think you were going to Go ahead and get your, your take going in there. My bad. Again, I'm glad y'all are doing fine. <laughs> and uh, already seven I, minutes I, I in. I look forward to opening the show and being able to say that I, my team had the best record on this podcast. And I feel like you took that from me. I feel like it was by design a little bit, but also just because you was upset because y'all lost. And I get it. It's okay. Let's go with it's the ladder. Okay, we're, yeah. we're here for you today. Let's go with the ladder. Dance and I are here for you today. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm the only loser on the show today, guys. Yep, that's true. That has not happened in quite some time. We had not lost for like 15 straight regular season games. And now... It has not. It has not. And now, two weeks in a row, I still sit here with the L stuck on the middle of my forehead. So, Nick, again... I don't know what all your thoughts were about Brock Purdy. You knew Trey Lance wasn't the guy. You knew he wasn't going to be there. And he's not. Now, Purdy's their man now. What do you see from him in these past two weeks? The Browns, albeit number one defense in the league, even though that didn't show on Sunday in Indianapolis, but that's neither here nor there. But, damn it, the Vikings defense is not that good at all. But Brian Flores 
brought the pressure. That's what he does. They blitz more than anybody, but they usually get beat more than anybody by that blitz. Why didn't that happen against the Niners defense? They didn't stop it. Kirk Cousins was cooking. Was he auditioning for a possible new team in the next week or so? Trade deadline coming up on Halloween. We'll get to it. But, Nick, what's your, what's your thoughts on Purdy and the 49ers? What's wrong with them after that beatdown that they gave Dallas? What's happened to them? So what I found interesting was that when I, when I kind of thought about it, we're about – Purdy's played about a full season's worth of games in his career at this point. He started about a full season's worth of games because he took over, what, week eight, nine last year? And we're at about, you know, we're headed into week seven now or headed into week eight now. Yeah, it's just um, about to be a full he's, season. He's got about a full season's of games under his belt, which means there's about a full season's worth of tape out there on him at this point. Yeah. Um, and so I found it interesting that that's the point at which things started to go south for him. Um. Coupled with the fact, obviously, right, you know, you were without, without Trent Williams and without Debo uh, last night. And so certainly that, you know, that makes a difference. Um, it certainly made a difference in, in the pressure that was put on, on, on Purdy during the game uh, from the from the Vikings defense. And then um, obviously made a difference in, in seeing like the, play, the playmakers he was able to find down the field because his only option was really, you know, Christian, you know, his leak outs and then uh, a little bit of Brandon Ayuk there as well. Um, am I off? The, am I off the off the Purdy boat, so to speak? No, um, I still think he's probably your guy going forward, um, at least for the next couple of years or so. I think, like I said, you know, the league is kind of caught up, um, and so now it's they caught up to what he what he's comfortable with, what he's not comfortable with, um, and so now it's just a matter of him being able to adjust and kind of add to his game in a way that he can, um, you know, he can address those things that maybe he's less uh, less comfortable with or less good at, at this point. So I'm not off the Purdy wagon by any stretch. I think the 49ers certainly as a team are talented enough that um, some bounce-back games are coming. And so, um, you know, if I'm a 49er fan, I'm certainly not in panic mode at this point. I'm maybe just a little disappointed that they didn't pull out the game against the Vikings last night. Um, but I think the Vikings also are a better team than a lot of people give them credit for. At least Kirk Cousins is better than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and he showed up last night for sure. Yeah, uh, I I think what we have here, too, is also a case of when you play teams that are super physical like the Browns, sometimes the best thing you can do is just to come out of that game without injuries. And there's actually one thing I was telling uh, uh, a cousin of mine who's, who was also a Ford Niners fan. I was like, listen, the wins and the losses don't really matter in this unless you're trying to go undefeated. The thing about that Browns game is you just got to come out injury-free. And uh, that unfortunately did not happen. You know, McCaffrey got banged up, but he still he still was able to go. They lost Trent. Uh, they lost Debo for that game. They lost. Uh, I think they had some more injuries too. It's just you, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you don't want to come out of that game losing three or four of your best players. And that's exactly what happened. And, and I think that they kind of I hate to use this term, but it it trickles down to Purdy because listen, as good as Purdy has been. He is still technically just a second-year quarterback, a second-year quarterback who, you know, according to scouts, wasn't that talented coming out of college. So, you know, you, you add all that to the fact that, all right, he's been given a reins to this amazing vehicle that I I, I think I called a porch on last week's show. Um, and this is a game. This is a game where he had to literally drive the car and drive it perfectly. And he's just – I don't know if he's capable of doing that given it's just his second year. Like, there's still got to be some kind of pushback on 
how much you let Purdy do. Uh, now, of course, they're going to be asking him to do that while these players are out. You know, they can't turn around and hand that ball off to Debo or some gadget play. It's got to be whatever Purdy does. Thankfully, he still had McCaffrey because if McCaffrey had been out, who knows what it would have looked like. Looked like. So, excuse me, y'all. Sneeze is trying to get <laughs> me. Okay. but uh, So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with Purdy. I think he'll be fine. I just think that, you know, and, and like Nick said, hey, people have seen you for a whole year now. So there is also that chance that, hey, these games are going to be tougher because people just know how to play them. Yeah, and uh, so Kirk Cousins and Jordan Addison. No Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison shine. No, no Justin Jefferson, by the way. Yeah, let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they shine as the Jordan Minnesota. Addison's nice, though. Real yeah. nice. That, that boy nice. He is. And they went off. They shined last night on Monday Night Football as the Minnesota Vikings hand the San Francisco 49ers. Get ready for it. It's seventh straight roll loss. There it is. Another little nugget there about Jordan, Jordan Addison. He is the third receiver in Vikings history to have six touchdowns in their first seven career games. Two guesses at the other two. Oh, yeah, that was Randy Moss and, um, and Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson, yes. Yep. Yeah, that was an easy one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, though. Um, I probably said a little earlier, so, you know. So, I'll out there. The Niners' defense got exposed. We can talk about Trent Williams being out. We can talk about Debo being out, which is all facts. And Brock Purdy has to get better with or without those guys. But I did tell you, we were top-heavy. And it just seems, even though protection wasn't a, a huge deal, but they got beat. Steal on a lot of plays. Play calling has to be very, you know, screen here, quick throw there because they know they can't hold up for a long period of time or as long as they were like two and a half, three seconds, you know, preferably. That would be nice, but nah, they didn't fix this offensive line. This is what happens when you've got talent all around the board, all across the board, offensive line, defensive line, tight ends, safeties, whatever, corners, but there's no money being paid to the quarterback, so you take a chance on if that young quarterback who's on a rookie salary can cut the mustard when it matters the most, and you also have to deal with, hey, <laughs> um, these are a few things that we could use on the right side of this of this offensive line, and this pressure that keeps coming, these blitzes that keep coming, we can't hold up, we can't protect. Minnesota, Brian Flores said that we're not going to get beat by Christian McCaffrey. Outside of one big screen play, uh, pass, that's exactly what they did. They did not let Christian McCaffrey just go wild on the ground with the running attack or anything like that. Uh, so that was huge. Again, I think we kind of lost in the trenches yet again. Fred Warner kind of over-pursuing, playing a little too, uh, a little bit too tight on the edge or whatever. Uh, Greenlaw is banged up. He didn't play last week in Cleveland. He was in and out all of this game. Just It's just too much. And it's like we're in a part of the season where it's like we need these guys in the long run. We need these guys when it matters the most later in the season. We don't need these guys banging themselves, banging their, getting banged up week after week, and they're weak you know, every week they are day-to-day, they're questionable, they may play, they may not play. They're on the injury report way too much. Let's get these guys the rest they need. We've got a one more game coming before the bye. This was another game that they had before the bye. Debo won't be back before the bye because he's going to miss at least two games. But 
Don't run these people in the ground. These are the things that I have complained about with Kyle Shanahan. His football, his concept, the, the philosophy of his game and the way they play. It's so physical. It gets these guys hurt. They stay hurt. Kittle was in and out of the lineup. How many times did you see him go to the sideline? He's banged up. He comes back out a few plays later. Like, this is happening continuously with us. And enough is enough. Christian McCaffrey is going to get injured, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season if he keeps running this man like this. He has an oblique injury, and yet he's still playing him. Elijah Mitchell, who I really needed to get some rushing yards, just a few, didn't play him. And when he did, he got like negative one rushing yard. That is not splitting the carries. I know he's good. And I know he needs to get his touches. And I know you can use him in a lot of different ways. But, damn it, you can't overuse him. I mean, like, damn. Kyle Shanahan, again, hint, RG3. Kyle Shanahan, um, his dad did the same thing with Clinton Portis. Um, who else Who else do you have? Like, Shanahan just, whoo, run, run, run the ball gently down the field. I don't care if you get hurt. I don't care if you get hurt. I just want to get away with this win. And it's just like, come on, man. How important are these wins now versus later? Later in the season. When we need these players and it matters the most and we need them on the football field. I think he's just running these guys in the ground. Here's a few things that I'm going to read to you all just to let you know how people feel about the San Francisco 49ers. This defense, again, was exposed. Trent Williams doesn't play on that defense. Um, Debo doesn't play on that defense. Chavarius Ward started the game off with an interception. Then another play later on, he gets the interception tucked from him, and he allows a touchdown. Shit like that only is supposed to happen on Madden. I mean, like, that's our number one corner. I think it's time to make a call well, for Patrick Sertan. On, on, on that particular play, let me ask you this. Why were they in cover zero? There was no safety anywhere to be found behind them. And I, 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 I don't know. It was I, like 10 seconds to go in the quarter. Uh, you would think that you would just be trying to like, I don't want to say I have no idea, but not make sure nothing goes over your head. I, Terrence, I have no idea why I, they were in that, and I, that's I crazy because two things. One, did y'all notice Jarvis just freestyled a nursery rhyme about football? He did just freestyle a, 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 a nursery rhyme. Yes, absolutely. That's talent. I did that's freestyle talent. that. Thank you for noticing. Num- number two, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a shoot to real life, real quick. I just watched Jamal Murray after the Nuggets just won this game. Step up on the on at court sitting courtside at the game, Colorado defensive back Travis Hunter. So that's interesting. Nigga sitting courtside at, at at Nuggets games at season opener. Man, what is that yeah, game over? Is that game over? It's got to be a good life, man. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad at all. Is that game over? Game is over. Yes, Nuggets have won uh, one nineteen to one hundred seven. Bron sucks. He blew my parlay. What did he score? Twenty four points. 24? 24 points. He ended up with 21. I knew LeBron would only score 24. <laughs> I knew it. No. No, he only scored 21. I needed him to score 24. Oh, 21. Well, it was 24 and a half, so 24 sounded like that's something that they would do. But, okay, cool. It, it was. I caught, I caught him at 23 and a half. Lakers lose. I'm surprised. I thought the Lakers would yeah, actually Lakers get this win uh, to, to start it off, and the Nuggets would kind of look like, uh-oh. But, no, nah, the they, Nuggets. They, they, never look, they never look threatened. At any point in the game, from what I saw, they didn't either. They didn't either. Yep. But look, I, I just—I think the Lakers cut is a three late, but it, it, they never looked like mm-hmm. they were worried about it. Okay. I, I just want to quickly just say, 
some of the things that people are saying on, you know, like overreaction Monday or Tuesday. Uh, There's one person that said Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes better be held accountable for this. This loss was totally on, totally on them. They didn't put players in a position to win. Somebody else says that this team spent way too much money not to be pressuring the quarterback. Somebody else says this loss was a coaching loss, period. This team should not lose with these players. Another fan says this loss was a coaching loss, period. This team should not lose with with these players. Uh, That's the same thing. Somebody else said the exact same thing. Purdy had two opportunities but failed both. Ouch. Uh, there's somebody else, a few other people that think that Purdy cannot, you know, put the team on his shoulders, you know, like he can't go out there and just win it on his own. And I want to say this before we wrap up, because I, I never never got thought Purdy was about that it. guy, though. Say again? I never thought Purdy was that guy, though. Well, now you kind of sound like Shannon Sharp then, because that's exactly what he was kind of alluding to as I heard him yeah. on on uh, Tuesday morning. I think he was saying that he's not surprised, and, and, and he's not saying that Purdy is let him down or came back to life. He's exactly what he's always thought that he was. You know, uh, yeah. good, but not very good. So I'll say this. Again, I talked about how this is how it's going to look if you don't play with these guys. We're top-heavy. These guys, if he's a, he's, if you're not a system quarterback, you find ways to win with or without Debo. Debo does change a lot of things because the dynamics of the game and what he does coming out of the backfield. Everybody's trying to keep eyes on Debo because of what he can do when he gets that ball in his hands and that yak. They're not concerned about him running routes, but they have to hold him accountable. Where is he on the field? And when you take him away, it's like, oh, we're just going to sit up here and make this guy play quarterback. Stuff the run, and we're going to make Purdy make the throws. Brian Flores called their bluff. Brock Purdy, Cal Shanahan, and the 49ers did not. They were not able to win that, that, that game of poker there. They folded. And uh, I just want to say that everything that I just read is what some of the Niners fans are thinking and what they're saying. And my only thing is, hey, it's early. It's just two games. But, again, it's two games. And in the end of the day, the defense was bad. And Steve Wilkes is going to have to make some adjustments if Shanahan is still telling Steve Wilkes what to do, he needs to stop and let that man play defensive coordinator and do his job because there are still a lot of rumors and reports that Shanahan wants him to do this. He wants him to do it this way. He only hired Wilkes because he felt that, well, he's not going to change much. He didn't want much change. Vic Fangio was going to go back to 3-4. It was just going to be a mess. So he's kind of trying to use Wilkes for what I'm hearing as just a puppet. He's on a leash. Do this. Do that. No, you're an offensive guy. Leave that alone. And how much of an offensive guy is he? Without Debo, where's the creativity? I mean, how many times do you see coaches find ways to win and get other people open and get other people the ball? We have a rookie, a seventh-round pick out of Michigan named Ronnie Bell, who I did not see on the football field. I saw him a few times on the sideline. Where was he at? Where's the creativity? That offense did not change. That offense looked very, very, very lethargic. And what do you expect if you can't protect your quarterback, if you can't pick up the blitzes? And let's just be honest. There were some throws that he made like, hey, that's what I'm talking about. Jimmy couldn't do that. And then there's some other throws where it's like, what were you thinking? 
He had his opportunities, but those turnovers in the fourth quarter were still turnovers in the fourth quarter. Yes, the defense was bad, though, and they have to tighten up, and they have to get better. I can't tell you what they should be doing. All I know is this. I said it many and many times on this show. Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkinson, and a first-round pick. You mean to tell me you wouldn't take that for Nick Bosa? Did anybody hear Nick Bosa's name on Monday Night Football? Did anybody really see him make a play or have an impact on that game? Against an offensive line, against an offensive line where everybody said that he was going to eat. Who did you put in that trade? Bradley Chubb, who? It's, it's the other guy, Chubb, and the other guy, Christian Christian Wilkes. Wil, is it Wilkinson or Wilson? Wil, Christian Wilkins? Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. It's and Bradley time. Chubb of the Dolphins and a first-round pick. That was thrown out there before Bosa signed. That that was a trade offer that was probably going to happen between Miami and I, San Fran. I, I, can't, I can't believe the Dolphins made that offer. I hope not. Well, I'm just saying, that's what I heard, and if that was the case, I would have jumped on it. Because at 34 per... Than that. At 30, if I'm 49, I damn sure would have jumped on it. You're at, 100% right. At 34, I, I've been saying it all along. But at 34 per, what the hell are we getting out of that right now? And I know you can say, well, look, he's drawing double team. He didn't get double team last night. I didn't see it. Not much. I didn't see it. Nobody won yeah, one-on-ones. I mean, I, I, listen, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of blame that could be gone around. The, 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 I think the biggest problem really is that, all right, now it's two games in a row, and how do you stop it from becoming three? Who do you guys play next? The Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, that's a problem. You think? Because now, now I think for the first time, for the first time in Purdy's very short career, all the eyes are on him. He's got all the pressure on him. Every single throw... Every call, every every move will be super critiqued now because now the eyes are here. And you know, playing quarterback in the NFL, a lot of a lot of what you have to deal with is a lot of pressure from outside sources. And he's gonna hear it all week long. He's young, so you know he's he's paying attention to what's being said. Hmm. Uh he's gonna hear it all week long, can her to do this, can her to do that. And is it going to show on the field? Will he come out and second guess himself? Will he come out and play a little timid? You know, I I think that's part of what is what the issues are with Dak Prescott. I think he hears more criticism than anybody, and it gets to him. He thinks he thinks about doing this, thinks about doing that, and you can't second guess yourself. I think he does a lot of that. So it'll be interesting to see if Purdy uh, second guesses himself more than what he normally would, and will that translate into a third straight loss? And then we really have an issue. Yeah, so basically, support of what Jarvis said about Nick Bosa, Kirk Cousins dropped back forty-five times. He threw forty-five passes last night. He was not sacked once. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, Bosa got Bosa got to play better. My point exactly. Um, and the, 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 does the ball come you know, when out? You get paid that much. Hey, you got to make a play. Yeah, the whole D line definitely needs to play better. But when you getting paid that much, it falls on you. Oh, the D line definitely has to play better. We just said the quarterback dropped back forty five times in the game. You need to you need to sack him once. If yeah. Cousins was black, he would have been sacked. Yeah, that's what it's, that's what it started to seem like, man. Look, Eric Armstead needs to win his one on ones a that's, lot that, more that's too. What it was. Nick Bosa hadn't lost to a white man in a long time. He had to he had to balance it out. Eric Armstead needs to start winning his one on ones. I'm not seeing that because Javon Hargrave is getting double teamed a lot more. And Armstead's just not winning for the most part. Uh, I, the only thing that I'm seeing remotely good on the defensive line is 
the guys who really like you wouldn't even think would be making an impact. People like Cleveland Farrell and uh, people like Randy Gregory, who was just just acquired by the 49ers. These are the people that are making more plays, not Bosa, not Eric Armstead, the people who are making the money. And as far as Brock Purdy goes, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of glad this happened. I want to see how this is going to go. I want to see him, you know, deal with adversity. I want to see him play from behind for a change. It was good to see. It's a good test. He hadn't passed that test yet. That's going to be the issue. Can he do that or not? He's got to respond. Let's see if he does. I think he can. I think he will. Let's see, though. If he doesn't, again, Shanahan and Lynch just got another six-year extension. I wouldn't have done that when they hadn't won me a Super Bowl just yet. Let's finish this second extension that we just gave your ass after you had the Super Bowl appearance and lost. They, they immediately gave him another one. The Niners, we're going to keep coming back to this if Purdy doesn't shake this off. If he doesn't shake this off, it's going to look like the Niners overreacted again at quarterback. And they just said, well, we're done with you. We give up. We fucked up. Deuces. We're going to roll with this guy. If he turns out to be Jimmy again, seven games, they overreacted. Five games from Jimmy G, they overreacted. Can't wait to come back to it and see. But I did want to see. Hey, they're right. Purdy always does play with a lead. He does always just. It, it's been good. He hadn't had anything bad go on until now. And it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with it. Hadn't been so good so far. All right, guys. Keeping it pushing. So much more, though, to get into. And I want to stop. And I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles making a trade for Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard is coming over from the Tennessee Titans. This is yet another good Pro Bowl player, probably future Hall of Famer, in Kevin Byard coming from the Tennessee Titans. The Titans and Eagles have a wonderful connection, Nick. I know you love it. I'm sure you do. I don't know what that connection is or what the hell is going on, but you got another good player. And, of course, your team looked very good against the Miami Dolphins. You're, you got the best record in the league. Your thoughts on that, and then we're going to run into what the Baltimore Ravens did to the Lions. Go ahead, Nick. Well, in fairness, we're tied for the best record in the league with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, okay. I think it's, I think it's the familiar spot we were in around this time last year. Uh, so that's – I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> Kevin Byer, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on in Tennessee that makes either something – somebody in Tennessee really loves Howie or Howie's really got something over him and he's, he's kind of running it like the mafia. Don't know. Uh, but for whatever reason, they keep trading us young pro bowlers and saying, hey, you know, we're going we'll to try to replace him in the draft with the fourth and fifth round pick that you traded us to get this guy. I, I don't understand the logic, but I'm not here to argue with it. Um, just like, I guess, the Eagles have figured out that the Georgia Bulldogs are very good at mm-hmm. putting out football players. Um, they've also figured out the Titans are really good at trading away good football players when they can just pay them. And we just we just go get them when it's necessary. So uh, I'm happy about it. I'm glad we get to show up our secondary a little bit. That's that's really been the one um, glaring weak point I think I felt like we've had for our, uh, on our team really, um, but spe- uh, specifically on our defense. Uh, I felt like that was our, our one kind of weak point that we could, we could get beat deep, which is susceptible uh, to some players in the secondary. And so uh, the the rumor had been Buda Baker that we were going to go after for a long time. 
And uh, I guess they never could come to terms on that with, with the Cardinals. And uh, I'll take Kevin Byard as my consolation prize. I, I mean, look, if the Titans are just eager to um, uh, get rid of players, listen, we lost our running back week one. We got a fifth round pick waiting on you. What you want? <laughs> go, on, go on and send. I want to send King Henry over there to, to uh, Baltimore where he really should be anyway. Um, I don't understand what's going on in the, Titan, in the Titans organization. Like, you are trading all of your best players, but you still have Tannehill. And you are still stubbornly keeping Tannehill. I don't understand it. It seems like they're definitely rebuilding. They should have done that before the season started, during the offseason. I don't understand it either. Tannehill should have been gone last year. Maybe even a year before that, but I I understand. Hey, bring him back for another year if you have to. Yeah. Get your rookie ready or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But like you traded, when you traded AJ Brown, the franchise is done. Clearly, there's before and after. Before AJ Brown, those guys were a legitimate concern. They were getting better. AJ Brown was. If we see what he's doing in Philadelphia. He was literally still reaching his peak, and I don't even know if he's if he's even reached it right now or not. Uh, but you traded him because you didn't want to pay him, essentially. And you tried. What happened? You tried to draft this guy who looks like him, has a, has a similar build, but he ain't AJ Brown. Uh, and the franchise is done. Like they gotta they gotta start this thing over. But I don't understand why they're doing that and they're keeping Tannehill. Now maybe they'll move him before the deadline. I don't know. But if you're gonna be coming off players, hey man, we got a perfect jersey waiting on King Henry. Uh, we everybody's everybody's fantasy is a backfield with 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 uh, Lamar Jackson and King Henry, and I'm I'm here for take this fifth round pick because y'all like those late round picks anyway, and you know there's a King Henry in the draft somewhere I'm sure. Running backs aren't valuable, you don't need. That's gonna be some interesting trades I'm sure between now and next Tuesday Halloween, and it could be King Henry to the Ravens or to somewhere. The reports are the Tennessee Titans are shopping Derrick Henry and D-Hop right now as we speak. So I think the Titans finally realize this is it. It's time to rebuild, which they should have been doing during the offseason anyway. I guess they wanted to give it one more crack at it. Tannehill, I'm sure they would love to trade him too, but he's dealing with this ankle injury. He's probably just going to be a lost cause for the season, some wasted money for the Titans, and nobody's probably going to touch him right now. But anyway... That's it for the Titans. Kevin Byard is an Eagle. The Eagles have just gotten a little better in their secondary. Uh, they looked at very good against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins, as good as their record is, they have not beaten anybody that's over 500 right now, if that matters to anyone. Uh, but now, the Eagles are good. And right now, I can tell you from looking at it from where the game is to be won in the trenches, I can. St- not, I'm not saying it just because of two straight losses. My Niners can't play the Eagles right now. And that game is coming up in about another, I don't know, five to six weeks. But um, I don't know where we'll look, where we'll be by then, but we're not ready for them now. It's a good thing that game is not this coming Sunday. Uh, we lose again basically because of our inability to block up front when needed. Uh, and we can't call the certain plays because we can't hold up to do those certain things. Again, uh, though, the Eagles look good, and the Dolphins – not so good. Uh, offensively, they didn't. A lot of pressure. Can throw some things off with Tua, just like it did with Purdy. Uh, we'll see how Purdy responds against Cincinnati. Another team that I wasn't surprised they won, but I was surprised how they won. The Baltimore Ravens. 
played the Detroit Lions, a team that has been playing very good, looking very good, and is now beginning to be well-respected around this league. The Ravens said, damn that. Lamar Jackson once again does it to an NFC team. He has a very good record going against NFC teams for the first time. He proved it again. It was a pretty good beatdown, Terrence. Tell us why your Ravens uh, are looking like, I mean, once again, this does, this looks nothing like the team that lost to the Colts about three weeks ago, a month ago. Right. Tell us about your Ravens and why you were able to do what you did to the Lions. Uh, truthfully, I, I think it's really a case of week by week they have adjusted the system to Lamar's skill set. Right? Like, I think at first they were trying to force a pass because, hey, we have receivers now, even though, you know, we know a couple of them won't, won't be out there very long. Um, but uh, but then it became a situation of, hey, let's let Lamar do Lamar, and we're not going to worry about anything else. And he, listen, most of the time, uh, Lamar Jackson is the best player on the field, and the Ravens just literally went as he went. It just pretty much came down to that. Uh, now, the, the crazy thing is, I still think they could get better. I still think they could get more production out of OBJ when he's out there more production out of Bateman when he's out there. Uh, and, that, and I think that'll come eventually as everybody finally meshes into this uh, into Monkett's uh, system. Uh, unfortunately, I think the Lions were just in a bad place, at, in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't, I'm not going to get on here and say anything bad about the Lions. You can't take that kind of a beat down. I'll let you guys dismantle the Lions. Uh, I still think they're going to win the NFC North. The Vikings might try to make a push. Um, but, uh, but nah, man, I, nothing more respect for the Lions. But I just think Lamar is, is finding his groove uh, once again. And, and just like your 49ers, man, the goal is to stay healthy. Yeah, um, I thought the Ravens played a surprisingly great game. Uh, not, not, I, right. I was, not that I was surprised the Ravens played well, don't get me wrong. Um, but it, I, I I did not expect what I saw. Um, as Terrence told us, you know, going to the game last week, as he just stated for us, piece of cake. I thought he was being overzealous. I was like, hey, you know, I, I'm not going to be shocked if y'all beat the Lions. I think I actually took the Lions to win the game. I'm not going to be shocked if y'all beat the Lions, but, you know, the act is if y'all are going to steamroll them. I, I did not expect what I saw by any stretch of the imagination. Um, great game by the Ravens. I, uh, it looked like a sign of, of things to come in terms of them finding some rhythm on their offense because um, the Lions have been a good defensive team as well. And uh, they, they did not look like it on Sunday. Uh, they looked like a team that was outmatched and outplayed, outprepared, and out everything that out you everything. can be um, on a football field. So uh, kudos to the Ravens. Uh, hope it continues to go well for y'all. Yeah, uh, great game by the Baltimore well, Ravens. It was on a- the AFC um, up until the Super Bowl. Then it needs to go poorly. Right. <laughs> yeah, good good game though by the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson now starting to get the MVP uh talks again. Uh he could he's a possible candidate right now. Playing good and um it was all good just a week ago for the Detroit Lions. But I will say this, the Detroit Lions are just 5 and 2 now. I'm not selling my stock on the Lions. They ran into a team uh like the Baltimore Ravens who are kind of getting into the groove of things now and playing against Lamar Jackson for the first time, it always is like you got to see it again because you didn't 
really take the first time for real. Like, yeah, it takes the second time to see him to realize that was the real thing. And I think that that's just all that was. I'm not selling my stock at all on the Lions. They are good. They are still the third or fourth best team in the NFC. And they'll be back. It was time for them to lose. I knew the Ravens would win that game. I had that one down. Uh, I, I knew it all along. Uh, but, again, the Ravens held the Lions to a season low six points and only 337 yards. That is second in the NFL in defensive efficiency this season, according to ESPN Analytics. So that's a very good stat for the Baltimore Ravens. And Kyle Hamilton, who had seven tackles, tied for the second on the team. He also had three sacks, an interception, and a forced fumble this season. Kyle Hamilton is balling on that Ravens defense. Uh, another thing that I want to mention before we keep it going here on the show. Uh, the Kansas City... Did he on Sunday or he got there for the season? No, the interceptions. The interception and the sacks. That's for the season. No, that's for the season. Oh, I thought you said he just... I was like, Jesus, What? The seven tackles, that might have been for Sunday. But, yeah, it has. I see uh, where they're second. That's tied second on the team. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not my phone, is it? Oh, my God. Okay. Um. So, lost the guys for a second. It's the Great Debate Show, available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I'm going to have them back on here in just a second before they say what I need them to say. Uh, but first, what I just want to just dip into real quick is Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, it's time that we, you know, put some smoke on Justin Herbert. Why is it time to put the smoke on Justin Herbert? He needs to smoke? Well, it's pretty simple for me. Justin Herbert has been talked about he's been paid he's been praised and maybe he's being a little bit overpraised and i think that's what you know needs to be said it's time for justin herbert to hold himself accountable it's time for the chargers to hold justin herbert accountable now guys ladies and gentlemen listening to the show if you've been listening to the great debate show you know i am always about accountability and it's time that people hold justin herbert accountable he is not winning enough games. I don't care if he's in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders aren't doing that good. The Broncos are kind of a mess. So it should just be the Chargers and the Chiefs. And they should be battling for AFC West supremacy. And I don't see that. And I don't see the wins matching or adding, equaling the hype that Justin Herbert gets. I just, I'm sorry, I don't. So, yeah, I just think that right now, Justin Herbert, as good as he is, he could be better. And it's time for him to get better. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some stats at you here in one moment. Just one moment. And I just feel like, look, man, I know that they played against the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's a division game. Some of these games need to be close. 
some of these games need to be, uh, you, you know, it, it needs to be competitive. <clears throat> and from what I saw, it was somewhat competitive. It looked like the Chargers were going to actually get, you know, probably have a chance to get the win, but none of that happened. Guys, um, I just wanted to just get you back in. I know I lost you all. I had an issue uh, with my with my phone. I apologize, but I got you all. I got you all back in. I've been kind of stalling, just trying to let the the audience know about the bone that I have to pick real quick with Justin Herbert. And I don't think only thing that I want to say about it is that look, as good as Justin Herbert is, I think we have to start holding them accountable. I think it's time that we start to let everybody know that um, he is. I wouldn't say overhyped, but maybe overpraised just a little bit. What's the what's the San Diego? Well, I mean, not the San Diego. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers. What is the Los Angeles Chargers record right now? Is it two and four? I believe two it is. Four, yeah. two, two, two and four. For me, that's just not good enough. I'm sorry. That doesn't cut the mustard for me. Because at two and four, you've gotten your contract, you've gotten paid, people are saying you're Joe Burrow, you're Trevor Lawrence, or better. But this is the same quarterback that blew a 21, 20 plus point lead in a playoff game, still doesn't have their playoff win. Brandon Staley, yeah, he's kind of bad, but we can't put all of the blame on him. He's not playing offense. And there's times where, man, look, when has Herbert not had everything that he needs? If Lamar Jackson had a game like Justin Herbert, we'd be dragging him through the mud right now. It's time that we finally give Justin Herbert all the smoke. At 2-4, and four, it is not acceptable. The Chargers should be in a battle for AFC West supremacy against the Kansas City Chiefs because the Raiders aren't in the way and the Broncos damn sure are not in the way. Herbert has to do better. They have to do more. It's time. And I think it's time that we hold Herbert accountable and we have to stop saying he's a top five quarterback or maybe even a top ten quarterback in this league. Get me a playoff win. Get me some wins. Can you do that? He can't even get wins. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Chiefs. I know these are good teams, but you're a great quarterback, people keep telling me. Maybe Herbert is overhyped. I mean, not overhyped, but overpraised. Let's fall back a little bit on Justin Herbert until he does more. Josh Allen, same thing. You can't beat the Jaguars in London. You can't beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Those Patriots? Yeah, I, I think the issue that we're seeing with Herbert is that Herbert was gifted um, more talent than probably any quarterback has ever been gifted. You know, he had Mike Williams at Keenan Allen, and, 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 and I'm an Eckler, and I'm a big fan of Gerald Everett. He's got Palmer, and, and then Everett, a, and, yes. And, and just their whole, their whole team is tap, so talented offensively. Now, I think their coach holds him back. for 133 yards Sunday on five catches. He's got a lot of toys to play with. I said the Palmer kid went for 133 yards on five that catches. Palmer, yeah, that Palmer, yeah. He was on my fantasy mission. I would have won had I traded. I mean, I started. Uh, but the problem is now is that, okay, Mike Williams is not there, so he doesn't. He doesn't have the luxury of having two number ones there, uh, and then a lot of guys that are just just good on their own right, and a lot of these guys are just not as great as we thought they were because they were playing with superb offensive talent. Lamar, I always say Lamar has never had a receiver even as half as good as Keenan Allen, even as half as good as Mike Williams, and he had both of those guys. That's right. At the same time. That's right. 
My point exactly. You know, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase. He's got he's got two number ones. Jamar Chase and Higgins. Take one of those guys away and let's see what he looks like. And and out and outside, as we just said, even outside of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, the Palmers, the Everett's, the Johnson, that Johnson guy, that uh, there's another one too. They've got plenty of toys to play with, along with Eckler. They drafted the receiver. They drafted the receiver in the first round this year. They've got it. What? They've got it. Yes. So my thing is, when are we going to hold Herbert accountable? It's time it's to time. give him. Some smoke, and I just wanted to say that the Chargers are two and four, and the, the, they they are not doing anything about the Chiefs taking this AFC West for an eight straight season. They are just letting them the ride division, through on cruise control. Over. The division is over, pretty much, and, and getting getting a wild card spot is not going to be easy because you got two teams over in the in the AFC East uh, that are going to take up two spots. Yeah. Um. We got to keep it moving, but I just wanted to just say that about Justin Herbert. He deserves the smoke. On Sunday, he was 17 of 30 for 259 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Pressured on 38% of dropbacks without the blitz. He's got to be better. Two teams in the AFC East are going to take those spots? Yeah. Yeah, the Dolphins and the Bills, they'll take up two spots. I know one of them will win the division. One's going to win the division, then one's going to get a wild card. So now you got one wild card spot to play for. And you got, I think. Remember, because there's this. Uh, well, well, okay, well, okay, I'm saying. Okay, so let's just say if, if the Dolphins win the division, then the Bills going to get one of those wild card spots. Mm-hmm. And now there's one wild card spot to play for between you and everybody else that's. Uh, and everybody else that's in the, in the AFC uh, playoff picture. And I think Pittsburgh or Baltimore or whoever doesn't win the AFC North will get the other wild card spot. So. It's just no, that's what I'm saying. Remember, there's three wild card spots now. Oh, there's three spots. Okay, I was staying, staying corrected. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's three of them now. So that's what I was saying when you said there's that uh, there two teams out of AFC East would take up two of them. I thought you meant two of the wild card spots. I'm like, who the hell's the other team? Right, right, right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you corrected me on that because I was. Like, I was like, and Bills. I'm with, but who's the third one? Because I mean, <laughs> the Jets have been better than expected. Considering Aaron Rodgers going out, but let's come on now. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, well, it's still, it's still, it's still a tough, tough uh, mountain to climb going two and four. And I mean, I think they might make a run, but at some point, you got to look at Herbert and Brandon Staley might not survive the season because you got to keep in mind also, like the Texans are overachieving. That's the last thing that the, that the Chargers want to see is a team overachieving. I think the Texans need the AFC. Um, uh, uh, North, right? Way, South. Sorry. No, 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 no. The Jags, the Jags are they're they're five the Jags, and two the right Jags now. Are five and two to lead the South. So I think the Texans will get their wild card. It's just it's going to be tough over there. Going to be tough. Still a lot of football to play, but we will see. Half Absolutely. of the season almost done. Before we get into the basketball, uh, the Suns and the Warriors, let's talk about as we wrap up this football topic. I want to ask you guys a question. Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants almost beat Buffalo last week. This week, yeah. they did get a win against the Commanders, where nobody thought mm-hmm. that they would beat the Commanders. They did 14-7. And when asked about Daniel Jones, old Danny Dimes, head coach of the New York Giants, uh, Brian Dable, he kind of ducked it, and he just said, when Daniel gets right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there when Daniel gets right. He didn't really answer the question as to, you know, would Tyrod Taylor or could he take uh, 
the job, the starting quarterback job. He was asked that. And Dable said Tyrod had a good game, and I'm glad we got him. But, you know, like a lot of times, guys, coaches say things like, hey, look, like Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski right now is saying, hey, guys, Deshaun's still our leader. He's still our quarterback. Yes, he's going through some things right now. I didn't think it made sense to bring him back in the game. That makes sense. You shouldn't be playing your injured players in the, you know, early part of the season or in the first half of the season if you need them for the second half of the season. I get all of that. But he quickly said, Deshaun is our leader. Brian Dable didn't say Danny Dimes is our guy. So I'm going to ask you guys this, and we'll start with Nick, the NFC guy. Can Tyrod Taylor steal Daniel Jones' job? He damn sure can, and and if you're asking me, Liam Torres looking like he damn sure should. <laughs> um, as as you kind of alluded to, a lot of what coaches say is sometimes sometimes in what they don't say, um, and I think that, I think that was a great um, kind of a juxtaposition of those two coaches with Kevin Spencer saying, "Hey, y'all relax, Deshaun's still the guy. You know, we want we decided to hold him out for you know whatever reasons and." And he's still our guy. Whereas with Dave, it's like, eh, once, whenever Daniel's back, we'll see what's going on and kind of roll with it from there. So basically leaving open that possibility that, hey, look, if Tyrod, if, if Tyrod's still rolling with this thing, um, when Daniel's ready to go, Tyrod may still be the guy. Um, and, and for whatever, and, it, and he should be. For whatever reason, the team looks more settled. They look more structured. They look like, like the offense makes more sense. Um, the defense seemed to play better for whatever reason. I know Tyra doesn't play defense, obviously, but just it seemed to have a a, a, a positive effect on the team having Tyrod up there as opposed to um, what we've seen with Daniel Jones at this point. So, um, as a head coach, you know I understand that that Daniel Jones is the forty million dollar a year quarterback, but you got to play the guy that you got to play the guy that's, that's winning your games, um, where you're going to lose the respect in the locker room. And so, um, I think you know for Dable, he's got to he's looking at that whole picture and saying, man, look if if Tyrod gets us a win next week, and, and then the week after that, Dan's like, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm going to be like, man, look, Tyrod hasn't lost. Well, no, I'm sorry, he, he lost the one, I think, uh, last week. Uh, he he should have won. Right. Team's rolling better. You know, we've been playing good teams and, and competing. Uh, this is what's best for the team right now. And uh, so that, that'll be a difficult conversation to have for sure. Um, but it's one that, I, that may be necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – the team just looks – Totally opposite with Tyrod Taylor in the, in the game. The offense actually moves, uh, as you said. The offense makes sense. They look like a competent team with the, with Tyrod Taylor in the game. Not so much with Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I feel the same way about Daniel Jones as I felt about Tannehill. I don't know why they are rewarding these mediocre quarterbacks for being mediocre. And it's like, oh, well, Daniel Jones had his best year. He was finally average. He's been below average his whole career. He had an average season. They rewarded him, and they didn't pay the running back. Same as so many teams. They don't pay their best players. They pay the mediocre quarterback, and it just doesn't make sense. I hope they roll with Tyler off for the second team for the sake of everybody that's rooting for the Giants and for Brian Dable. Uh, and let me just say this about Dable. Uh, I, I think the guy's a, a fantastic coach. I hate to see him so angry on the sideline all the time. It, it really uh, it, it, it bothers me. Hmm. Quit having, I think they call it Napoleon Syndrome. Calm down, man. It's okay that you're 5'3". Like, it's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the world didn't end because Tyrod Taylor turned around and handed the ball off to Saquon. Like, 
You don't have to be so angry all the time. You don't have to throw your headset down. You don't have to like go and kick dust at somebody. Like he should have been a, a baseball umpire or something. He would have fit right in. Hmm. Uh, I don't like his mannerisms. Calm back. But I. But back to the original topic. I think you have to roll with Tyrod. And I think he knows that he just doesn't want to say it. Yep, pretty much. That's what it seems like to me. Uh, but the New York Giants get a huge win against the Commanders, and uh, we'll see where that NFC East goes. Not sure if the Giants are going anywhere. It may be too little too late, but we'll see how this goes. Never can say. Who knows what Tyrod Taylor and the Giants may do here. But anyway, about to get into basketball, I just got one more question to ask you guys. The Cleveland Browns, number one defense in the league, beat my Niners last week. This week they beat the Colts, but barely. 39-38 they get the win. The question I have for you guys, though, is that P.J. Walker had to come back into that game and get that win. Deshaun Watson had to leave that game because, well, they said he was looking at, you know, he was under the concussion protocol. He cleared that. They thought he was fine. He could have returned. Stefanski was like, nah, just not going to do it. He, he, he landed on his shoulder pretty good. It just didn't really seem like he had a lot left to give. That shoulder injury, I'm not sure exactly what it is or the significance of it. But it seems like it's playing a part to him. It's, play, it's playing a big role as to how much they're going to have him this season. Guys, Deshaun Watson missed damn near two years of football. Now that he's back, we hadn't quite seen Deshaun look like Deshaun. Then when we finally did, the last game that he actually started and finished against the Titans, we were like, wait a minute, that's the Deshaun I remember. And now he's been banged up again ever since. I say all of that to say this. And let me ask the AFC guy. Because Terrence is he's seen Deshaun Watson a few times in his in his time in, a, in the AFC as a Ravens fan. This is something where I'm sure you all know where I'm going with it. I hated to ask this question, but I have to ask it now. After playing in only 10 of possible 23 games since signing with the team. Did the Cleveland Browns make a mistake giving Deshaun Watson that $230 million guaranteed? Yeah, it was a mis- it's, it's a mistake, and it was a mistake when they did it, and they, they knew it, but they were the Browns, they were desperate. Plain and simple. They, 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 they absolutely knew that it was a mistake, but they didn't care. You know? Hmm. They didn't care at all. They, that's why, you know, Lamar was struggling so hard to get his contract because he wanted what was what. <laughs> With Deshaun Watson, and they're like, no, even though you're exponentially more accomplished, that that contract was a mistake, and nobody else is getting that contract. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why was it a mistake? I want to say it was a mistake. I'm not saying it was, I'm not saying that players shouldn't get fully guaranteed contracts. Of course they should. Uh, But why was it a mistake to give him that contract at that time? I was going to say to give Deshaun a contract, that contract at that time. Right. Because of what he was going through, uh, his legal stuff. One, he was a, he was, the, the suspension was looming, so you knew you wouldn't have him for a year or, or a year plus. Uh, and it was just unprecedented, right? Like, no one, no one had ever seen a contract that, that size with, with literally every dollar being guaranteed. Um, so no, I, I mean I would have advised against it, and this is not me in hindsight. I don't think it was a good idea to begin with. You really I did. Think it was a good idea to you bring Deshaun really Watson in, but for that amount of time uh, and for that amount of money, I don't know, man. That was to me 
I think they kind of overcompensated because of the Browns. I mean, I, I definitely agree that they, they had to overpay to an extent because they were the Browns. Uh, I think that's even been reported that Deshaun basically told them no, and then they came back to the table with more money, and he was like, "Well, shit, all right." Um, but just but just from a, a football standpoint, I didn't think I definitely didn't think the contract was a mistake at the time. But any uh, or, or the only reason I would say so is because of obviously the things that he had going on off the field. Um, in in terms of okay, hey, is this a guy that you can trust that's going to have those um, urges under control enough to do his job and do it well, um, and you know be a productive member of society and all those. But but but, but here's the here's the thing, here's the thing on Nick. You are giving somebody, and I'm sure they have clauses where they can get out of it if something like that happens. Right. Uh, but you are giving somebody that much money, that much power. Because uh, guaranteed money is a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And there's too many question marks. The main question mark is, hey, he's been out of the league a couple of years. Can he steal perform? Uh, the second question mark would have been, hey, this guy has got some issues, clearly. And will he be able to put those issues to bed and actually be on the field? Because if you're not, if you, if you're not available, then what are, what are you doing for me? And I just, I just think with those questions, to me, that contract was just completely out of hand. I think, because I think suggesting putting those issues to bed specifically was wild, considering the context of what Deshaun Watson had going on. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, y'all. I, I'm a child today. I don't know what's going on. This is, I don't either. Uh, hey, I don't know what's happening, but it is what it is. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think it because at the time when 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 he. Uh, when he got the contract, he'd only been out for like a for like a year, right? He had set out the year uh, with with the Texans because he wanted to get traded. Yeah. And so at that time, okay, when we last saw him, the guy was, you know, damn near the MVP of the league. So yeah, you know, we I think they had every reason to believe from a football standpoint he could get back to what he you know to what he was um, when they signed him, and then it was so it was just a matter of can he get his can he put his personal demons behind him. Um, it seems he, he's kind of flip-flopped the problem now to where, you know, to our knowledge at least, he hasn't had any problems with his, with those off-the-court, off-the-field issues. Um, but he's not, he certainly has lost his, uh, he put his powers back in the ball as, as a Space Jam reference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. You know, I love watching him play. I, I love watching him at Houston. love watching him at, at Clemson. Uh, I think he will, the last time we re- re- really saw him in Cleveland, uh, it looked pretty doggone good outside of, you know, missing a game and then coming back and just, you know, not being able to uh, play very long. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still rooting for him, even though he's AFC North. Like, I still think he's a great player. I just think they overcompensated for him because they're the Browns. Yeah, that, that's true. But I, I didn't think I didn't think the, the signing of him was a bad decision at the time. I didn't think, I didn't think, they were, I didn't think it was a bad move for them to overpay him. Right. Okay, good they, stuff. It's just the bad ones that had to do it. Because the Browns. I agree with both of you. He could have gotten the money. He deserved it at that time. It looked like it. But, yes, they definitely overcompensated because of the Browns. And that's what they do. And, hey, right now they're getting away with some of these wins. But at some point they're going to need their quarterback. And I'm just wondering, do they have their quarterback? Or do they still not? Cleveland Browns can't win for losing. That's what it seemed like. And that's the reason why they overcompensated. And it still, it still may not do them any justice by doing that either, going all out. All right, so let's get to the NBA. The, the the Nuggets, the defending champs, 
started the season off uh, on Tuesday night hosting the L.A. Lakers. They beat the L.A. Lakers, and uh, that's no surprise, really. I mean, I actually kind of could see the Nuggets losing the night that they got the rings. I said they would. They didn't, but that's good. It was good to see the Denver Nuggets look good and get out to a good start. A lot of people say that the Nuggets are not quite the same. Nuggets, blah, blah, blah. I didn't see much to show me that they're not going to be just as good this year. I know it's just one game, one night, but they look pretty damn good to me. And uh, a few new faces that tells me that, hey, losing Bruce Brown and uh, whoever else it was that they lost, and, I, and, they, and they didn't lose many, it's not going to really hurt the Nuggets, especially as long as Murray and Jokic are on the court and they're healthy. And KCP and Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, I still see a pretty damn good team. And the Lakers, a pretty good team also, and a real good defensive team. Those guys are good. And the Nuggets still somehow just kind of make them look like, you know, you don't belong in this league, though. Go back over there. And that's what they just seem to do, and they still just kind of get away from you. Even when you make your little runs, and the Lakers made their runs, the Nuggets, are just they just got away from them. So they get the win. Congrats to the Nuggets. And the defending champions got their rings on Tuesday night. Happy for them. The Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors are tied at 28 right now as the first quarter is coming to a close. And it uh, just did. That should be interesting. I'll catch the rest of that. We're not going to be able to tell the audience who won between the Phoenix Suns and the Warriors. I got the Warriors on my parlay, but I don't really care who wins. Bradley Beal sit out. Don't know what the hell they're doing. First night, this is the reason why I'm always like, screw you, NBA. But uh, I want to ask you all a serious question. Forget the Suns and the Warriors right now. I don't know if this is true or not, but there are sources, NBA execs, from what I from what I have heard, from what I am seeing, is that uh, there could be a possible trade involving the New York Knicks, and that would be them acquiring Joel Embiid. Now, to me, I know it hadn't happened, and I know it. But what's your source? Where's your source, Jarvis? I don't know. I don't have it. Sources in NBA uh, anonymous general manager or NBA anonymous executive. They're 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 anonymous, and they're saying that this executive is whispering or saying that they're hearing whispers about the Knicks willing to give up three players from the selection of three. Up to three players, they'll give up. Uh, Evan Fournier, Fournier, or R.J. Barrett, or Julius Randle, or Mitchell Robinson, they'll get three of those. I know I named four, but you can get three of those players and or plus two to three first-round picks. Now, this is what it would take to get Joel Embiid, but I'm hearing that Jalen Brunson and Embiid in New York, that's box office, that's a superstar. Because Brunson still doesn't quite sell all the tickets like Embiid will. But, man, you get Embiid joining Brunson at the Garden. I know they're giving up quite a bit. I know you probably don't want them to give up three players. But this is what they're willing to do. I'm going to ask you guys. Let's ask the Knicks fan first, Terrence. If this were to happen, is this a good trade? Would you jump on it or not if you were the general manager right now, Terrence? I mean, yeah, I, I would do it in the sense that the, the Knicks – Madison Square Garden needs a superstar. 
they, I think they are. You know, it, it, the Knicks aside, I think every team, if you legitimately want to have a chance of winning the championship, basketball is is really the one sport, in my opinion, where you legitimately need a superstar. Uh, you can look through the history of teams that have won championships, and very few have won with, without a legitimate superstar. Uh, I can probably think of one off the top of my head. I'm going to have a very hard time giving you two. Uh, the only, only team I can think about would be the 04 Pistons, and I'm only mentioning them to take a little stab at Nick from way over here. Um, that's fine. That's what I do, man. But, yeah, so, no, basketball is that one sport where if you want to win a championship, you legitimately need a, a superstar. All that aside, the Knicks, as they as they are, are the history, Madison Square Garden, you need one of the biggest names in the game uh, on your team. My only fear is that you end up getting a player like you got with Carmelo, who um, you had to trade your whole dog on farm system to get him <laughs> and then you get him over there and it's like oh he doesn't have help yeah because you traded the help to get him you traded all the young talent to get him and then you got him you know the jason kids of the world and i mean god bless him um so yeah i just i just don't want it to be a situation where you know you trade everything you have to get him and then he gets over there and, and doesn't have much or or you get a washed up version of him if you know, God forbid if he, if he has an injury this season or, you know, he's just a big man, big body, bad, uh, his knees aren't bad. I think he's had knee problems in the past. Uh, you get a big body and, 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 you know, another year of attrition on the, on those knees and, you know, what version of him are you getting next year or the year after that or whenever that might actually take place. Right. How do you feel about yeah, this, I, Nick? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, I know you said you saw some anonymous uh, exec, uh, I guess, kind of uh, source for uh, for that comment. Um, I would find that very interesting if the Sixers were to make that move. Um, doing something like that would suggest to me that they don't feel nearly as good about Tyrese Maxey as they claim to, um, because what, from my understanding, they are looking to just basically move him into James Harden's role, uh, particularly with James Harden basically choosing not to be there <clears throat> and so um you know with that being said if they, if they were going to do that that's just that they don't believe in him and uh probably looking to, to fire sale and kind of you know burn it down and start over again but that would be a strange a strange move for the Sixers just at this point in time um if we're having this conversation another two years then maybe but for now that, that just seems uh that would seem like it would be doing a bit much um because it, it definitely take them out of contention like i said i, I don't think that Tyrese Maxey or any of the guys mentioned in that trade are going to be the guys that, you know, would be the guy to be the uh, the superstar for the 76ers at that time. And so you've already got one. As uh, Jerry West famously said to Kobe when he wanted out of L.A., you're a five-star, you're a five-carry diamond. I, I'm not trading a five-carry for five one-carries. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll I, say. I'm getting Kobe reference in there after, you know, Terrence took his shot. So. Right, right. I'll say that this whole ordeal, if it happens, this trade, if it does take place, I would say Philadelphia would do it just because they know that this is it. Yes, Maxi is. This would be the Sixers pretty much doing what the Utah Jazz did when they gave up on Spider, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. I think that this would just be the Sixers throwing in the towel, saying that, hey, man, look, we, we're. 
Harden's Harden doesn't want to be here anymore. He's not coming. He's not going to play. It seems. And B doesn't want to play now. He doesn't want to really be around now that he's not getting, you know, what we offered or what we thought we were going to be able to provide for him. He doesn't have that star. There's no Harden. Maxie's cool. But, you know, like, and, and Tobias Harris, is he's he's mid in my book. Always has been. Even though he did have a better year last year, surprisingly for me. But I'm like, hey, man, look, Embiid is probably like, guys, I'm, I'm ready to get the hell out of here. You know, like, this this is, I can't compete with, I can't compete against Porzingis and Tatum and Jalen Brown and all those guys in Boston. I can't compete with Giannis in that dang time over there in Milwaukee. This is just not enough. Maybe Philly realizes it. They're about to blow this thing up. And Embiid to the Knicks could possibly happen. It would make sense. And Harden, maybe then he finally gets to go to the Clippers or he doesn't play anymore. I don't give a damn. But if this happens, I think that's what the Sixers are saying. You know, they're they're giving up like the Titans. Like, we know this is this is it. This is not going to be a very good competitive year. Um, and I guess they were banking on would Harden show up or not. Would he just let bygones be bygones? They were calling his bluff. And he still hadn't showed up. Still all signs to him not playing tomorrow night in their opener. So, hey, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say if it happens, you heard it here first. Jarvis Jeffries at the Great Debate Show. Don't be surprised if him be. Yeah, yeah. when that, when that text message came through, I, I listened. I am always here, here for some good Knicks news, but you just very, very rarely get that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So even though it's just a hypothetical, I was very pleased. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it happens or not. If it does, though, again, you heard it here first. Guys, that's all I pretty much have, though. I mean, the Suns and the Warriors are going at it right now. Uh, we can't stick around, though, to, to give the ending to that. It's just opening night tip-off of the NBA. It's good to be back. It's good to see some basketball. I'm going to try to enjoy the second half of this Warrior-Sun game. But I don't have anything else. We I just wanted to break down that blockbuster trade if it happens. I would think that that would be because Embiid, to, as a Nick, hey, now the Knicks are really relevant again. They're already pretty good. If you just give up, if you could keep R.J. Barrett, that would be great. But if you did have to give up those three players and a few picks, hey, man, that's Embiid. But then again, it very well could be the mellow Knicks. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, the Bucks, I can't wait to see them play. Uh, tomorrow night, I can't wait to see a lot of teams play. I can't wait to see uh, everybody. League pass and everything. Just I'm just going to be just flicking the channels every chance I get just to see. I got a league pass for you, all right? You got a league. That's right. I know what you got, Nick. I know what you got. I got you. NBA and I ain't mad at you at all either. Not one bit. Uh, guys, what else do you all have? Is there anything that we're missing, you know, anything that we've left out that we want to try to – Ram in here. Well, listen, since uh, the trade deadline is on Halloween, I just want to know what is the scariest trade that could happen. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Good, one, good. One. We did, we did. Yeah, we did say we would talk about a good trade, a scary trade, man. Well, I mean, look, I think Kevin Byer to the Eagles. I wouldn't say it's scary, but that's a sneaky good move. Just like Swift when he got there, I didn't see that coming. Like. That's a good move. That's a sneaky good move because Bayard is still one of the better safeties in this league. Don't get it twisted. Him going to a team yeah. like this behind a good front seven. Yeah, I'm looking at something like like you guys getting McCaffrey last year. Like that was a scary trade, and we see that it's been even better than what a lot of us imagined. 
What about a Devontae Adams? Could he still get traded even though the Raiders are saying they're not going to do it? What about... Ooh, you, you, you definitely just throw that one above me because that was, that was the two I had. The one that Terrence mentioned earlier, which was Derrick Henry to Baltimore or Devontae Adams to Baltimore. What about that? Could 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 the Raiders? Would the Raiders do that? I mean, their season's not. They're they're probably not going to get a wild card spot. I doubt that. I highly doubt it. Could they just say, "What the hell? Yeah, they're in the AFC." But here, go ahead, Ravens. What are you going to give me back in return? Uh, this is Devontae Adams. Now he's still the best wide receiver in the league. Um, I don't even know if there's a debate. So, yeah, that would be. Argue with me. I, I know what Tyreek Hill's doing right now, but. Yeah, you ain't gonna tell me Devontae Adams couldn't put up similar numbers if he wasn't yeah, playing yeah, in Oakland yeah, with Devontae. Whoever, whoever the hell played quarterback Sunday. Yeah, Devontae is a real man over there. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, and I think I spoke a little bit about this maybe before we went on air, but to me, the scariest trade would be uh, Alvin Kamara. I think Kamara has a lot left in the tank. He is a he would be really nasty with y'all. He would be. And the, the, so that's my scary trade, Alvin Kamara to the Ravens. Uh, yeah, he is a very good person. It would be something. It would just be. It would be. It would be. It would be ridiculous. It really would. And it would open the whole passing game up. Actually, so that's what I'm. I've got my my fingers crossed. Like I had my fingers crossed for Dame to go to uh, Milwaukee. I'm working that same mojo on getting Kamara to the Ravens. I don't see that happening only because I think the Saints will still see themselves as contenders. For the NFC South, um, past the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They're not, they're not totally out of it at all. That division is wide open because that no team is really good in it. Uh, but you know, you got to keep your hopes up. And I'll take Derrick Henry as a uh, as a second trade option. Yeah, if you can get Derrick Henry as your consolation prize. Yeah, and, and we forgot to mention McCole Hartman, who ended up back to the Chiefs. How lucky did they get? They also may end and up getting. And immediately the offense opens up. And immediately. Immediately it opens up. And they also, I think, have or will be getting back Frank Clark also after he was released last week. Um, so, look, by, by the Broncos. So, there's a lot of people moving around and kind of getting back to home and getting ready for this playoff push as we get started and we get ready to, you know, gear up for. The second half of the NFL season. The first half is already damn near up. Uh, but the Titans trade to Bayard, I think that was something. Uh, the Titans trading Bayard to the Eagles for safety uh, Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds. I thought that that was, uh, that was interesting. And uh, the Titans get a good grade for it too, though, because they got a 24th, a 24th sixth-round pick and a 5th-round uh, pick in 2024. So, hey, and they also got a safety out of it in return. So, that's not bad at all for them and uh you know again hartman going back to the chiefs that's a good look for them i'm still trying to think about scary 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 oh van jefferson is a little in atlanta falcon that's something sneaky yeah i, sneaky I, I think good. a scary trade in my is so like we just talked about the chiefs but like what have they pulled off a trade for Devontae adams yeah i just can't see that happening the chiefs no i just if the raiders done that I think the Raiders fans. They, they, can't, they can't afford that. But it's just, you know. No, no, not just that. The Raiders shouldn't dare pick up the phone if the Chiefs were to call for Devontae. They just better they not. And I, don't, I don't know what the Chiefs call for them to make them reconsider that. But, no, they shouldn't do that. No, no, they, they, they shouldn't. Um, and uh, Claypool to the Dolphins. I didn't see Claypool on Sunday night. But I think that's going to be sneaky good later on when it matters. 
And, um, hey, maybe J.C. Jackson going back to the Patriots helped the Patriots. They beat the Bills. They made Josh Allen kind of look mid again like he kind of does inconsistently. Scary trade, guys. A scary trade for Halloween. I'm still going to say that, um, especially with the Bills being like 4-3 and three now, I still wouldn't be surprised. Everybody keeps talking about Devontae Adams, and I would love to see him go somewhere where he can win and compete. But, man, Stephon Diggs, it just still seems to be a lot of smoke in Buffalo, and everybody week after week, we're good. Then the next week, we're, you know, it's, it's still some whispers about this and that, and they're still not getting along. Oh, it's water under the bridge. It's, well, who cares? Shut the fuck up and play football. But hey, I'm still hearing I'm still hearing things and it's like, hey, what if Diggs still gets traded? I don't know. If they, if they lose Stefan, they can they can cancel Christmas. They, 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 cannot they may be canceling Christmas or they may be making a trade to where they get a swap or they may get a corner where they think that, hey, we're going to spread it out. We're still going to move the ball with or without Diggs. I know we need him, but we don't have to have him. We could use him, but he's not a necessity. We need that corner or we need that pass rusher, whatever it is, because they are – Losing bodies. Josh Allen don't work if if Stephon Diggs ain't there. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, guys. I'm just saying that look, they have dropped they have lost some bodies on defense. What if somebody offers them a player that they could use defensively and they still think they got a chance? I'm not saying they'd be right, but you know, if they're getting rid of if they're getting rid of a headache, you know, like AEW all Elite Wrestling, Tony Khan, the president of the company, didn't want to fire CM Punk, maybe. But it just got to a point to where everybody was sick of him. They were fed up, and, you know, a decision had to be made. He fired CM Punk. A money, well, I wouldn't say, um, well, yeah, he was their money guy. And he still brought in their ratings, the little bit that they had. So all I'm saying is that if Diggs is a problem, and you're getting rid of that problem... It's not all about so much if we're winning this play, this trade, or if we're going to do this or do that. It's about we got rid of the headache. And I just still seem to think that he's a headache to them, whether they come out and say it or not. I, the headache is good for 85, 90 catches, 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So unless you're going to trade it for a non-headache that's going to give you that, then you're going to cause a problem. You're going to move one the problem from one side of the ball to the other. And then the problem with that is you're also going to make Josh Allen completely ineffective. Because as we said, just like with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and, and also with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, he didn't become Josh Allen until Stephon Diggs got there. That is true. And it's not a coincidence. That is true, and I agree with that well, 100%. All I'm saying is that it still could happen. And I'm not saying it will, but that would be a scary trade if he was traded to the 49ers and the Bills thought that, well, we'll take Debo. It's a, lot of, it's a little cheaper, and we'll find ways to get on the ball just like you all do. Or we think that we can play him better than you all use him. And he'll run routes and he'll get open. They'll be wrong and they'll lose that end of the trade. But whatever. I've got digs. I'll be happy. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just still throwing it out there because I can't think of a scary trade that we wouldn't see coming. Like Devontae, if he's not going to get traded, then I don't know what to say. Uh, Kirk Cousins, was he auditioning for another for a new team this week? Probably so. I could see Kirk Cousins getting traded, but the Jets, they seem like they're pretty content with Zach Wilson. So where would he go? 
Who would who would say, hey, I need Kirk Cousins? Would Kyle Shanahan do it? <laughs> would he say, hey, man, shit, you know, uh, Brock didn't look too good against you. How about you come over here and play for me next week? I, I doubt it. So where is Kirk? But but that would be something hey, like, woo. Hey, hey, maybe maybe Derek Carr goes to his front office and says, bring Devontae here. Oh, that's why he was in Vegas in the first place. Now it's now now you just yeah now business just picked up. In the, in the words of the great JR, now business has just picked up. That's a good one there. The Saints, and why wouldn't they make that move to an NFC team like the Saints that they have nothing to do with at all? Yeah, that Michael, makes Michael Thomas clearly ain't that guy no more. Chris Olave just got in trouble doing 70 and 35, which, all right, 70 and 35 is nuts, but the, the fact that people are trying to compare it to Henry Ruggs, I mean, come on now. That's, like, that man was doing 120. Yeah, yeah we can't compare it to Ruggs. Yeah, I mean, literally, like mathematically, it doesn't compare. Number one, no. and then, and then number two, like, like if we all being honest here, we've all done fifty and a thirty-five at least. Seventy is nuts, but we've done we've all done fifty and a thirty-five at some point. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I get you, I get you. Um, I just wanted to just talk about some scary trades, and Terrence talked about some scary trades, and. I like what y'all are saying and what you're thinking, and we'll see what happens. I, I just hope it's something good. So, I mean, I know we've lost two straight now, but if Patrick Sertan, I will say this. I know you all don't think that we will get Patrick Sertan, and I know Nick probably thinks that his team will probably still go for him also. I will say that that would be scary of Sertan, Patrick Sertan, who hadn't looked that good this season, but, man, they're probably just not playing for Sean Payton. I don't know. But the past few weeks, the defense has looked better. But if Patrick Sertan went to the Niners, I would love it. But if he went to the Eagles right about now, that would be scary. Because now you still got that great front four, that freight, that, that good defensive line, that defensive front, and you've now tightened up on the back end where, you know, I said you all had some holes. You started to fill those holes up with Bayard and adding Sertan. That would be very scary. I'm not going to lie. If he went to the Niners, I think that's a very scary trade, too, because the Niners just need to tighten up. They need to, you know, clamp down on D, get back to doing what they do, switch some things up and stop playing so much zone. And when you're going to play, man, it doesn't need to be cover zero. But I do need to see more aggressive, you know, play from the secondary. Steve Wilkes is supposed to have that secondary top five, top ten, and it's not. Uh, but, it, but again... I would say, I hate to say it, Sertan traded to the Eagles. That would be scary. Devontae Adams to the Saints. That could be, I wouldn't say scary, but it could put everybody in the NFC on alert like, uh uh-oh. What about, what about, huh? what about, um, there was one more. I I really think Sertan to any contender would be scary. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. But, I mean, the teams that we think need him the most is probably the Niners or the Eagles or both, and he can't go but to one. Even though the the Broncos are saying he's not going to get traded, more than likely they're listening to everybody. They're taking calls for every player. So I don't believe that one bit. I think depending on how many picks they're offered, they'll make that deal in a heartbeat. Um but, yeah, I can't think of anybody else, guys. Saquon Barkley, that's another name that was getting thrown around until he just, you know, started coming out saying dumb stuff like, I don't want to leave the Giants. Like, why wouldn't you want to leave the Giants? They don't even want to pay you. 
They finally gave you this little shitty one-year deal, and you're getting hurt during this one-year deal also, devaluing yourself. Yeah, devaluing yourself again, even more. So, you know, yeah, um, but but what if Saquon Barkley was traded? Uh, You know, what if he got traded to... um, the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, yeah. That, that, but it, seriously, that's what I was going to say. What if he's traded to the Baltimore Ravens? What if Saquon Barkley is traded to the Cleveland Browns? And Deshaun comes back in a few weeks and he's better. And now you've got Kareem Hunt and you've got Saquon Barkley for a year. Or what if he went to, shit, I don't know, uh, who else could use him? The New Orleans Saints. If they had... Kamara and Barkley. There are some things that can happen that can get this stuff juicy. The Ravens, will they make a move? They usually don't. But man, wouldn't it be some? We would need to like go instantly and make breaking news a breaking news episode if the if the actual if the Ravens actually do this for Terrence's sake. Hurry up and make an episode and just let them have the floor because that would be. Like the, I feel like the Chiefs are gonna are gonna find another receiver. It may not be like Devontae or anything like on that level. But I feel like they're going to find a way to get hold of somebody. Would it be Mike Evans? Remember I said Mike Evans a while back, but Tampa Bay's having a decent year. But would Mike Evans still get traded? They're not going to – he's not going to come back next year. Couldn't he still be on the market uh, this week? Maybe. I, I, I would see them more going after somebody more of a, of a speed type guy. I know they brought McCall Hardman back, but they like their receivers to be able to run. Uh, I know, I know, and, the, and the Rasheed Rice guy, seems, he seems to be kind of going into a decent role there. Um, if anybody's going to be kind of the position of the, of the bigger receiver, I think he's a little bit bigger than the other receivers they've got. Um, I'm trying to think of who that player may be the Chiefs would uh, make a play for. Maybe somebody's number two uh, that's not maybe getting the shine that, that they feel like they should or, or making the plays the team feels like they could. Uh, I don't know, but what about – what about also now that the Minnesota Vikings have gotten this win and they're three and four, and you know they've got a bye, I believe, coming up, and you know they're they, they're probably thinking, hey, in this NFC, it's not too good. It's not the AFC. It's not that deep. We can get a wild card. What if they trade for Devontae Adams? You know, like the Vikings, Devontae, Kirk Cousins, Addison, who looks pretty good, Madison or whatever his name is, who looks good in the backfield. The Vikings could make a run, you know, if they went to go get a Devontae. Would you say so? Yeah, if the Vikings Vikings were to do it, no, that that definitely would be something serious. Uh, That that would be big time for them. Yeah. Um, And it would be quite the role reverse of of a team that we thought would be selling, uh, and they end up, you know, being buyers at the the deadline. Man, can't wait to see how this thing is going to go. Can't wait to see what's going to happen with who. But we've got seven more days, and I'm six more days, and I'm pretty sure something's going to pop off. It always does. It's just who's it going to be? Who's going to get better? Teams like Philadelphia, San Francisco. This is this is this is it. Kansas City. These are the teams that are going to make the moves. It's going to be the teams that are letting you know we know we're there. We know this is the window. We know where it is. We know it's about to shut. We're going all out. F them picks. These are the teams that are going to do it. The teams that know they can win the Super Bowl right here, right now. That's when it's F those picks, and they do exactly what the Rams did, and it worked. And they do exactly what other teams have done, and it works. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. Trade deadline. By the time we come back, it will be officially over. 
And uh, we'll have plenty to talk about on what happened and who goes where. That's all we've got, though, for the Great Debate Show, which is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button, and you'll be notified each and every time a new episode is up. That's all I've got, guys. Uh, what about you all? And that's it for me, too. Peace out, guys, and please have a safe, hopefully prosperous week. That's right. Are we not doing Saturday? We are doing Saturday. We are doing Saturday. So the trade deadline will not be gone by the time we get back. It will not. You're right. You're, you're right, it will not. What we could do is maybe come up with some more scary scenarios. Maybe something will happen between now and Saturday. We, we, we will see. Um, because some of these people are going to try to get these people in maybe on a Thursday or a Friday. They probably won't play that coming this coming Sunday. Or they may get this thing done Sunday, Monday, right before the deadline. We're going to see some stuff happen. It's going to be interesting. Saturday, maybe we could talk more about that. And maybe we can also talk about this whole uh, Michigan scandal right now with the uh, stealing signals or whatever with the video, if that matters. Some people are saying it doesn't really matter. Some people are saying, yes, the hell it does. They have an advantage. Well, maybe we should talk about that. It'll be a Saturday, college football. Uh, there was a few other things. So, yeah, we, we've got plenty to talk about on Saturday. We'll, we'll get all of that information together, and we'll also preview week Eight in the NFL, of course, and uh, whoever's playing on Thursday night will break that down. Who does play on Thursday? Oh, good question. Who is Thursday's game? They've been terrible, so I'm pretty sure whoever it is, it probably won't be watchable. But it is the three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the four and three Buffalo Bills. Bills are eight and a half point favorite. Okay. I'm taking. I'm taking the books. <laughs> oh wow! Well, can we money line? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good. Terrence, you going for three weeks in a row with with the shot pick of the week? I just don't have any faith in, in Buffalo right now, man. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 they play down. Surprising. Mike Evans is playing for that check. He's playing for the check, and the Buffalo Bills usually play down in competition. So we'll see. They'll come play for the. They'll play against the Dolphins. They'll show up for the Chiefs. But yeah, we'll see how they show up against the Buccaneers. Let's, let's go see what kind of money is out there for that. That's a plus three forty. Hey, the New England almost, Patriots. Almost the, three and a half to one. The New England Patriots were a plus three sixty, and they beat Buffalo. So yeah, we'll see. And New England is not. Mm, what? Who do you like better, New England's offense or Tampa Bay's offense? I'm taking Tampa Bay's. Yeah, yeah. You got a point there. So we'll see. I'm not saying that Tampa Bay's going to win that game. I'm just saying that Buffalo is very inconsistent right now. If they did lose that game, you can't tell me there won't be a sideline antic from Stephon Diggs and more stuff blows up and who knows what will happen. That could very well be his last game as a Buffalo Bill. I don't know why I'm trying to get Diggs traded so bad, guys. I guess I just feel it coming. I can feel it in the air. We'll see. If they lose Thursday night, I'm not so sure that that won't happen. He got that thing Friday morning. He ain't even, even going back to the locker room. Hey, and let's not forget about the the reporter that had the, uh, you know, said what they said about him, and he had to come out and speak up for that. He had to speak up for himself and say, that's not me. And I mean, there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of things going on in the Buffalo area. With yeah, Diggs. They're going to say, FedEx my shit to my new city. <laughs> Seriously, man, you never know. What if Diggs is going back to Minnesota? 
just this we just never know what to expect in this next six days. Can't wait. We'll be back on a super Saturday and uh got some good things coming up with the Great Debate Show. We're gonna get it popping starting on Saturday and uh we're gonna have us a little photo session. We're gonna have us uh, some live some live shows. We'll get some calls. We'll see who wants to debate with us about some of the topics on Saturday. As Terrence said about five minutes ago, and we're really going to leave this time, hope you all do have a safe and prosperous week. I agree with him on that. I like that, prosperous. That's exactly what we need. Um, be safe out there, guys. I'm I done. Prosperous, I was definitely speaking about the parlays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with that. That's fine. It's fine, fine, fine by me as well. My parlay for tonight. Never betting on him again. I know, right? Okay. Well, we're out of here, guys. Y'all be safe and have a good one. Peace out, guys. Get up.